can get them into your email funnel. That's an excellent tactic right there. Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 86. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. So I am terrified that my girlfriend is going to hear this episode of Three Marketers. Yes. Because I ended up looking up wedding dresses and other wedding attire as part of this episode. I ended up looking on Pinterest, which I've never been on in my life, to try and find wedding stuff, just because we ended up talking about it as an example. (laughs) Oh, no. Hey, this is Rob and Kennedy. Hello. From Response Suite. And hopefully we've got your Pinterest. (laughs) Because we're talking about Pinterest ads today with today's guest, who is Robert? Akvile DeFazio. Well done. Well done. You've been Nailed practicing it. all day. Practicing that all day. Try not to embarrass yourself. Love exactly. <laughs> um, and actually, when we initially met, we were just, we were sort of picking our brains on all the different types of ads. And one of the ones that really stood out to us and we realized we haven't talked about it on this podcast because truthfully, we know nothing about it, uh, is Pinterest as an yeah. ads platform. Yeah. And honestly, the opportunities, and it's not just like for, you know, women in women sort of niches. Yeah, yeah. It's not thing. like just like food and recipes and dresses and fashion. And that's If it was, stuff. you'd be all over I'd it. I'd be all over it. <laughs> <laughs> There's loads of stuff on there. So it doesn't really matter what your market is or who you sell to or what you're trying to sell. This stuff can absolutely work for you. So the opportunity is massive. Exciting. The opportunity is huge. Oh, by the way, if you haven't already, you, you might, you, hopefully you already know about our brand new podcast. And thank you so much to everybody for the amazing feedback on the show, by the way. It is a totally different format to this with different segments, different games, and two Totally new jingles, which thank you for all the feedback on that silliness as well. It's called the Email Marketing Show. It's available on your podcast player, just exactly where you're listening to this. It's available on our blog. It's available even on YouTube so you can watch us having fun in the background. And with the new show, we wanted to get you involved. If you've got a question that you'd like to pose to us about email marketing, maybe a problem you've had, maybe you've just got a general question or an an inquiry about something to do with email marketing, any any element of it, we talk about strategy and tactical stuff. We talk about about technical things. Let us know. You can get involved by leaving us a little voicemail. You can record that through your phone or through your desktop computer or through your laptop, whatever the heck you like, over at blog.responsesuite.com slash show. Mm. So now let's get Pinteresting and uh, chat to... Agvile. Agvile DeFazio, welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. We are privileged and honored. Now, we're going to chat today about the Pinterest ads platform. And hey, what? Pay, the paid ads that are on Pinterest. I, I this didn't is know there was a paid advert. So this is something I really know nothing about. And I'm excited to dive in and find out how this would complement our businesses, where it would fit. Now, in terms of the Pinterest ads thing, where is it best to put it in your sort of process and in your funnel uh, generally? It is perfect for top of funnel to get people into introduct, uh, as an introductory point to your brand, to get mm-hmm. them through brand awareness, traffic campaigns, and other areas. Um, you know, Pinterest really tries to focus on e-commerce, but I think for a variety of other types of businesses, it's um, better top of funnel. Okay. And, and we obviously, well, we often think of Pinterest as a place I know that one of my friends, I'm in that phase of my life where all my friends are getting married. So every time I hear somebody talking about getting married, which is every other day, they're all on <laughs> Pinterest. Are there any other people other than wannabe brides or would-be brides on, on Pinterest? Who's the market right there? Absolutely. Well, you're correct. And it's uh, really big on food recipes and bridal stuff and, you know, planning events around your life. But there are currently over 250 million users last time I checked. And most of those people are coming into, you know, discover new brands, products and services from business content in particular. And it's not just for brides, but there's a lot of men joining and a lot of entrepreneurs and just 
kind of planning out or uh, making, you know, kind of strategizing different events or different things in their life that they want to aspire to or it's to very, discover. It's, it's very graphic heavy, isn't it? Like it's, for me, it's, it's a good place to get visual ideas. So if I'm looking for branding ideas for a new course or a program I'm putting together or a new website or I don't know, a new hairdo or something like that. It's a really good place to do that. And is, is that what we need to be focusing on here? Is this really about using visual content or is there something I'm not seeing? No, you are totally nailed it on the head. Um, it is exactly just that. So it's a great way to find people, uh, to find different things for education. So in terms of podcasts and webinars, um, Pinterest is very visual, but also it's very overlaid text friendly, whereas some other platforms are not. So it's a great way to, you know, do some uh, some imagery with different uh, maybe bullet points about an upcoming webcast that you're going to have, or maybe you can even do videos to showcase a little snippet of a a teaser um, for an upcoming podcast that you might be doing. Okay. So before we get into the technicalities of what all that looks like, ad structure and stuff like that, because honestly, we feel like beginners on this one. Like we've never done it. So I'm hope I'm assuming that most of our audience are, are with us on that. Before we get into the technicalities of, of all the ad structure, I really want to know what a campaign might look like in terms of what is, what, what is the, what is the funnel almost? Cause for example, a classic Facebook funnel is this. It's cold ad to a blog post piece of content, then use a retargeting pixel to get people to come back around after they've consumed a piece of content to opt in. That's fairly standard. What does a standard funnel for getting people to go from, ooh, I'm on Pinterest, into, hey, I'm on your mailing list, that top of the funnel, what are the steps? It's very similar to other platforms, but it's not as robust. So it's a lot more simplified. You're going to want to get something through maybe a brand awareness campaign or website traffic. If you're doing app installs or you're, you know, there's an app, uh, the campaign option for that, but just to get people into the funnel, maybe to get them to a landing page where they can sign up for something and then you can get them into your email funnel. That's an excellent tactic right there. Okay. Okay. Very cool. I'd love to know in terms of when I'm browsing Pinterest, cause I have been on it a couple of times. I have mm-hmm. been looking around just seeing where, where stuff is purely just to kind of try and see how it works. And I've got it on my phone as well. So where does the advert fit into the platform? Where, where am I going to be seeing these adverts? What are the placements or placement for the ads? It is going to look native to the platform. So it'll blend in with the different, uh, pins that are showing up on your screen. However, it will say uh, they'll have a call to action button to shop now or to install or to click through. So that's how you can distinguish them from the organic posts. So for example, if somebody goes on there and they search for wedding dress, they're going to get lots of stuff, pinned content from other people that's all about wedding dresses and wedding stuff. But somewhere in there could be a bridal outlet with an advert that would just look like another pin post, but it would have a, a call to action on it. Is that right? Correct. So it'll have that and also a very small text. It'll say promoted by and then the brand name with your logo next to it. Okay. So we can sort of see where it fits in terms of the context. Okay. So that's how that works. Now, in terms of how do we actually start targeting people? Like what is the, what are the targeting options in there? Because we know with Facebook, a lot of us are proficient with Facebook. We know that they gave us and they they doth taketh away. Uh, (laughs) We certainly have. what's the crack over there at Pinterest? (laughs) So they are a newer platform. They don't have as much data, but the thing I love about Pinterest, it's a, it's a kind of a hybrid of a social and search platform. So while you have demographic targeting, like age, gender, location, language, device and interest, you also have keyword targeting, which is huge. Um, You can also do custom audiences like you would see on Facebook or Instagram, where you can import email lists, use the pixel, 
um, do other things like lookalikes. However, on Pinterest, or instead of a lookalike, it's called an actalike. Okay, that's a, and I love the fact because obviously Pinterest really. I'm just, this has just clicked for me, so excuse the stupidity, everybody, but you'll be used to it by now if you're a regular listener. <laughs> Basically, Pinterest is a search tool, like it is a it's a search engine. So of course, they're unlike Facebook, where you don't really search for stuff; you're just sort of looking through your friend's stuff. When you go to Pinterest, you do search. It's like for stuff. social search. Isn't it, it is it's social cool search. Exactly. So of course, there are search result based and, and keyword type uh, type targeting, right? Correct. And are we talking long tail, short tail, like the old, like the old Google thing, or is it kind of different? Uh, you can certainly do a little variety of both, but um, it'll auto populate different things to say. Maybe if you're looking just top of mind, since I, I love food, but if you're looking for something that's like a, I don't know, an egg, egg recipe of some sort, it'll start auto populating along uh, some longer term keywords as mm-hmm. well, in case you want to get a little bit more precise because there's just so much stuff on Pinterest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a monster. Now, in terms of, I'm really interested to see what an ad would look like, because I'm, I'm sure in the two or three times I have been on Pinterest, I've probably seen ads while I'm searching around for stuff. Obviously, it's quite natively blending into the rest of the posts. How do we, uh, in terms of like our copy and creative, how do we start to make sure that our ads stand out in a way that people are more likely to pay attention to them? Because obviously in a grid of things now, the ad has to stand out. So how do we how do we structure our copy and creative to, to A, be good and B, stand out and C, fit in with how Pinterest expects things to work? Excellent question. So for first and foremost, make it bright, stand out amongst the, you know, the other things that are on the screen, but it's, you know, primarily a white background like other platforms. So any sort of bright colors, if you have people, uh, lifestyle photos do very well, but also overlay text. So feel free to add more ad copy there, whether it's bullet points about how you're, you know, what, what you can expect from that. Uh, because the ad copy is actually very short and gets cut off most of the time. And with Pinterest, if you click a pin, it'll open up a secondary screen where you can have more of the ad copy visible. And then you click that again to go to the landing page. There are also one, um, one click pins. Those cost a little bit more, but Pinterest overall is still very inexpensive. So you can forego that middle step, but your ad copy will get cut off. So really focus on the creative and what you can implement there. And of course, the, the, the next step up to really stand out, especially amongst so many visual components of the platform is to do video ads, which are now available as of about two or three months ago through all the different campaign objectives. So any sort of subtle motion, will uh, certainly captivate somebody a lot quicker than a static image as they're scrolling through their feed and get them their thumbs to stop or their wow. mouse if they're on a desktop. While you've been there talking there, Rob's just pulled up uh, pulled up Pinterest on his phone, been having a quick look there. <laughs> just search for wedding dresses. My girlfriend's going to get well excited when she sees me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed. Depending on um, um, you talked about comp- campaign objectives. What does Pinterest allow us to set as those? What's the options? So currently there are uh, brand awareness, website traffic, app installs, and video awareness. And if you're in e-commerce, you can do conversions and also shopping campaigns. And within those uh, two latter ones, you can optimize for different things like checkout, leads, or um, you know actually getting the conversion. So if you are doing a conversion or shopping campaign, I would highly recommend doing optimizing for checkout rather than clicks because that would be more expensive than just doing a website traffic campaign. Of course, but obviously what you're recommending here, what we were talking about is you find it most effective to actually use Pinterest to feed the top of the funnel. Actually, before we, we, before we move on, I'm actually quite curious, we'll get into the technicalities in a second, to with all of the kind of offers you have run using Pinterest ads, have you found particular 
opt-in offers, bribes, whatever you want to call them, to be particularly effective? And also, is there anything that's not allowed? I haven't found anything that's not allowed. They're they're pretty, um, they permit quite a bit compared to some other platforms that flag a lot of things that aren't necessary. Uh, so no problems there that I've at least personally experienced. But, um, sorry, what was your first question? No, okay. In terms of <laughs> what have you found in terms of being a really good converting kind of opt-in offer? Um... Typically, for, since it's top of funnel heavy, we don't really do too many special offers with our clients unless you want to you know, download a free white paper, that type of stuff works well, or to sign up for free for you know, an upcoming newsletter or maybe some sort of event. Um, however, if you're doing e-commerce, then remarketing campaigns work better for that. But I would typically just stick to some upper funnel um, campaign options instead. So like get- usual checklists or that kind of thing, best recommendations and that kind of stuff. Exactly. Just to get somebody onto your website so you can tag them with a pixel or get them into your email just so you own or quote unquote own that user instead of keeping them on the platform. One of the things I think is quite interesting about this, because obviously with, with you know, retargeting being as powerful as it is, one of its limitations, presumably, is that if somebody is, you know, they've, they've been to your website, for example, they've had a look around and now, they've, now they're pixeled, happy days. Now they're going to go to Pinterest because it's so... Um, it's not like generic display ads where they can just be anywhere on the internet and see an ad and there it is. It yeah, has to, are they priority it, only on Pinterest? Presumably now is it have to wait until they search for that thing that's relevant in order for your ad to start appearing because otherwise they might search for you know picnic hampers and suddenly they start seeing an ad for wedding dresses because they've, in other <laughs> words, do we now have to wait and hope that they go to Pinterest and search for your, for your kind of niche keywords if you like? Not necessarily. So if you're doing remarketing and you're just targeting a particular audience based on maybe website visitor in the last 30 days, um, those ads will show up on the different searches, primarily on their home screen where they're not like filtering down to what they're looking for in particular. That's where we've seen most of our ads showing up. Okay, cool. Okay, I was just trying to wonder, make sure, make sure that now what's going to happen is uh, people are going to you know, go to Pinterest to search for something totally unrelated to what you're advertising, but because they've been to your website, they're now going to start seeing your ads irrelevantly in the feed. But and if it, they start to be on the homepage. Yeah, and is the Pinterest pixel exclusive only to, to Pinterest? So if, they, if somebody comes along, if I'm pixeling everybody who comes onto my website with the Pinterest pixel, that's an easy thing to say, isn't it? With the Pinterest pixel, and then they never go on Pinterest. That means they're never going to see those ads. Or, or obviously, there's Facebook has a quite a wide reach in terms of its serving ads other places, as are Google. Yeah, uh, is Pixel is, is Pinterest exclusive to Pinterest? It is. So they, uh, their version of it's called the Pinterest tag. So if you know if somebody goes to your website, they'll get tagged with it. But if they don't ever go to Pinterest, then of course that you know they won't be seeing your ads there. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. So we've got all these things beautifully set up. We've got people searching for our thing and it's all coming up and they're able to click on it and they're able to see it. That's all good. We're driving traffic through the very top of the funnel. Wonderful. How does the campaign structure look when we get in there and start setting these things up? Uh, So similar to other platforms, you've got your campaign level ad group, and then you have your ads. However, Pinterest, um, I feel like they have a long way to go in terms of efficiency. There's a lot of clicking you have to do to get between things and it reloads. And um, so it's a similar structure to what you'll see in other platforms, but it's just not as efficient yet. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I'm just thinking about the best way to go over this. Lost you. Lost your steam. Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you want to talk about video ads? 
They are heavily underutilized. <laughs> okay, perfect. Let's do that. So if, if somebody wants to get started with this and they want to hit the ground running and get the real sort of best results, what are you finding is the most efficient or the most effective type of ad for them to start running? Um, definitely video ads. There are two different types. You can do ones that are just the regular pin size, but they're also full screen uh, ads as well for video. So they'll cap, uh, they'll take over the full screen and they'll be double the size. So they're only available on mobile placements. So they're called standard or max width ads. And these ones, you know, there's just so much going on. It's, it's kind of an overwhelming platform if you think about it, just mm. with how much visual stimulation you'll get. But if you can take over the screen or just have something moving, those tend to outperform static images on this particular does that take platform. Over the screen, does that take over the screen when they click on it? Or does that, is it literally you're scrolling down and suddenly it's, it's there? When they scroll down. Oh, wow. So you can literally take over their screen just as they're scrolling down the feed and Holy then that, that takes over. That's wow, really cool. That's very interesting to see how that's going to continue to grow. One of the things you mentioned there was that Pinterest ads are currently quite cheap in relation to other ads platforms. Presumably that's because it's newer, the usage isn't as high, the competition for the space isn't as high. In terms of a sort of a bidding strategy, if you like, what are the options? I mean, Facebook feels like it's introducing a new option every other minute about whether you're bidding, <laughs> or bidding for that and automatic bidding and manual bidding. How does that sort of fit within Pinterest and what are you finding works well? So you can do a CPC or CPM bidding, but CPCs are about, from what we're seeing, about 20 to 30 cents US. Mm -hmm. um, so still fairly cheap, especially when you compare Facebook where it's like a dollar plus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and do you find in terms of your billing, billing, bidding strategy, easy for you to say, your <laughs> bidding strategy, do you find that you have to do what you do with Facebook, which is you have to do a quick burst at the beginning, educate and, and train the pixel? In terms of practically doing this, if we're going to hit go on this, what would be your recommendation in terms of how we structure the spending? It also depends on your budget. So if you have got a small one, I'd make the targeting really precise, but start small and then scale upwards. So if you're seeing that you're getting good click-through rate, that the cost is uh, you know, in the area that you want it to, depending on what your targeting is, and then just scale upwards. But if you have a large budget, just go all in, do some act-alike audiences and start broad. And if you're not able to spend it, then um, you know, it can also always scale backwards or just make things a little bit more targeted. But it just depends on which way you're going. Okay. All right. So obviously there's a few different options you could, you could do that. All right. We're going to interrupt the proceedings now to play the first game of this episode. So it's a custom game, especially for you, Agvilla. And we know that you've traveled a little bit. You've been, you've lived in a few different, how many places in the world have you lived? Oh goodness, I've lost, I've lost count. <laughs> <laughs> a few, right? A few. Yes. So what we did is we did some research on the seven wonders of the world. And it turns out there's hundreds of them. There's hundreds of seven wonders of the world because there's all these different lists. So what I've done is I've put together a list of, of 10 of the seven wonders of the world. <laughs> According to different places. According to different places. And we're going to read them out. And I'm see not even you... one of them. I'm not even one of them. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just wondering why you're still on the show. <laughs> we're going to read them out. We're going to ask you where, which country, and that's the hard bit, to resist saying the city, but which country are each of these, of each of these 10 wonders of the world? Rob, take it away. First one, the Empire State Building. New York City. In the USA, yes. Uh, yes. The Channel Tunnel. Oh, that's be uh, between London and Paris, is that correct? It is, yeah. Yes. UK and France, yes. And third one, the CN Tower. That is Toronto, Canada. It, it is, is Petra. What? <laughs> Petra. 
Oh, um, oh my goodness. In Jordan. It is. She was petrified of that one oh. for a second. Oh, <laughs> there's a joke. Number five, the Golden Gate Bridge. What country is it in? San Francisco, California, USA. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, the Taj Mahal. That is in India. It is. Number seven, the Colosseum. In Rome, Italy. Yes. Machu Picchu. Uh, in, oh my goodness, South America. Um, oh, my brain just stopped. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my goodness. It is in Peru. It yes. is in Peru. I think we're going to get this. Uh, nine, <laughs> the Great Wall of China. Oh, hmm. Let's see. China. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> and finally, uh, Christ of the Redeemer. Brazil. It is, which, which means you've got <laughs> 10, 10 out of 10. Out of 10. That Woo! almost never happened. <laughs> Can I just tell everybody, if you've never done it before, if you haven't written down Christ the Redeemer before. You should. On, you should. On a computer. On a computer. And look at it very quickly, because just then, I thought that said Chris the Reindeer. It's a very different thing. It's a, it's a, he- a little bit. Though. It's a heck of a We should all have a pilgrimage to see Chris, Chris the Reindeer, everybody. The reindeer. <laughs> so, you, um, Did you have a statue? Sadly not. We should, we should sure, really we should. Should. have yes. one in this office. Yeah, yeah. sure. I think the staff would love that. Um, <laughs> so moving on then, you said something before that grabbed my attention. Not something I've heard before. So either I've been living under a rock or this is a Pinterest specific thing. You said an actor-like audience. Is that the Pinterest equivalent of a look-like audience? Or is it that something that's... Is. Wow. That's, can you talk about that? Sure. So you can uh, import an email list, maybe of your leads, um, you know, customers or newsletter subscribers for an example and then or you can just use the pinterest tag and create lookalikes off of those so pinterest will take into account uh, the data that it has based on interest behavior searches and other criteria and create a new audience for you that is like your initial audience so if it's your email list of customers it will find people that are like your customers and they'll be much more you know receptive to what you're advertising and that's working in the same way. It's finding their Pinterest account if they've got one from their email address or whatever. And then, and then looking at their search history and that sort of thing. Yes, I think it takes into account similar things like Facebook does, just whatever data sets they have. But I think it's just interest searches and behaviors. Hmm, that's really cool. So are we in a position now where actually we, could, we should be using, as well as potentially using Pinterest to build our audience, we could, I know you said it's best for top of the funnel. In terms of strategies to take, you know, basically, should we all take a Pinterest pixel or the Pinterest tag, stick it on our web pages, start building audiences, and then start showing them ads for our stuff so that you know they start to see us everywhere? Is it working well to just retarget people who are finding your website naturally anyway, as opposed to people who started on Pinterest in the first place? Uh, I've, personally, we found it easier to get people as an introductory point, get them into the brand and onto your website rather than remarketing. Remarketing does work on occasion, but uh, not as well as some other platforms. I think that uh, you know this is the, the least expensive way to currently get new people that are relevant into your funnel and just to start there and potentially just remarket to them in other channels. Okay. So I've, I mean, I've come across this kind of cross, cross channel marketing strategy quite a few times recently. Uh, so there is definitely potential to say, okay, great. Let's use Pinterest as a cheap way of building an audience of people who are vaguely interested in our stuff mm. and then maybe show them other ads that are more target, more focused on retargeting later to push them through, you know, webinars or into a paid product or something along those lines. Is that right? Absolutely. Huh, very cool. That's really amazing. 
Wow. Okay. This has really blown my mind in terms of thinking of Pinterest as a really good way of showing really visual content to people while they're really actively searching for solutions to something, which is great. Seeing it as a social search tool, which I, I think there's no, I can't think of another, another social platform, social platform that is a search tool. Can you? No, it's, it's, it's a really great idea in terms of being able to just the fact that it's, it's that perfect combination of display and search. It is. Like and they're looking for solutions. And then you pop up with a solution which says, Hey, here's a, a lovely picture of, you know, some lovely clothes you might want to wear. And Oh, do you want to opt in for more of them? It just feels really smooth for somebody starting out with this. You know, let's imagine they're going to run, you know, some sort of list building campaign. So they've got some sort of free report or white paper they're going to start giving away. Great stuff. Uh, what's the sort of sensible starting budget generally for somebody? Like, what's the minimum? Where if you said, you know, if you've got less than X thousand dollars or whatever, it's not really worth doing because you're not going to have enough margin to test, etc. Uh, we've we've had some campaigns that we're doing for just awareness that start between five to ten dollars US per day. And that seems to be more than enough just to get people to get, you know, to get started. And if you aren't sure in terms of what type of content to share initially, um, you know, you were mentioning some white papers, but you can see what you're doing organically on Pinterest. If you already have some boards set up, maybe for blog posts, articles, podcasts, white papers, and so forth, um, see what's getting high engagement and click through rates there organically. And you can essentially just boost them or promote them through Pinterest as well and see how those do with different types of audiences. Hmm. Very cool. And then when it comes to, you know, you've got a campaign, it's working, it's doing what you want it to do. What are our kind of um, limitations or benefits, I suppose, when it comes to scaling? So for example, we all know, and the you know Facebook classic example is we can't log in and just change the $5 to a $500 overnight and expect it to scale. How does that work in Pinterest? Is it a similar sort of rule of thumb of scale slow or is it, or have they built it so that you can scale faster? Up. Yeah. So of course there's a learning uh, period with the algorithm. So start, you know, just incrementally uh, increase your budget maybe every day and just seeing if you're able to spend your budget the prior day. And if you're able to, and you're seeing there's more potential, then certainly boost it up a little bit more. That's a great rule of thumb. So it's been able to uh, successfully spend my budget. Good. Now let's let's start to tap See if it can keep spending it and keep spending it. That is really, really good. I like that a lot. Now we're going to go ahead and interrupt proceedings a second time to play our second and final game of the episode. It's also our favorite game. Uh, Now here's how it works. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's going to sing a song for you now. You lucky devil. But he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British pub singer. And that means that some of the words, all of the words, are going to be hard to understand. Now, your job is simply to guess what song Kennedy is singing when he's finished. So, off you go. I would never have got my hard dick, but any oh idea? Uh, I'm stumped. I was laughing the entire time. <laughs> You were laughing. I was trying to breathe. <laughs> that was uh, that was actually the uh, the Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. Wow! Exactly. I that was, was them singing. It, actually, that wasn't. I haven't even done my bit yet. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna move right over into what we lovingly call the quick fire round. Hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. 
So first of all, give us a book that you recommend. Hmm. Oh, there's so many great ones out there. Uh, the one that comes top of mind, I was just talking to somebody about it, was uh, Contagious by Jonah Berger. Great book. Really good Very book. Cool. What's one of your top success habits, something that you do regularly? Hmm. Um, I'm a sucker for efficiency. So just creating processes, you know, through paper or digital task lists, um, not multitasking, keeping fewer tabs open in my browser at a given time and closing down any chat or social media channels while I'm immersed in a project so I can get it done. And, you know, I can do more throughout my day instead of being a little too uh, distracted because there's so many different things that are available digitally. Very cool. Can you give us a market or entrepreneur that you look up to? Hmm, how about both? Um, entrepreneur, say Sir Richard Branson, and uh, my good friend who's a super talented marketer, her name is Pamela Lund. Okay, okay. good names to, uh, to check out. And what are some of your favorite apps that you think everybody should be checking out? I love Twitter and Trello. So Trello is great for project management. It sends me reminders that I have set up of what my to-do list is the following day or during the week. Awesome. Big important question now. Who do you like more, red-haired Rob or platinum-haired Kennedy? You two are such a delight. It's hard to choose, but I will say when we first logged on and started chatting that um, Kennedy <laughs> did say my name properly on the first try. So I'm going to give you my vote this time. But if you guys have a again, then... There you go. Never mind. There you go. All right. So finally, please tell me, where can we go to find out more about you? You can go to my business website at acvertise.com or you can find me on Twitter at Akvila Defazio, which is a little bit more complicated, but you can just find me at the, the website. That's a lot easier. And we've got all the links taken care of in the show notes, the links to that coming up in but a moment's time. Akvila, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to come and join us. This has been awesome getting this introduction into the Pinterest ads platform. Thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, gentlemen. You and your wedding dresses, eh? Aye, exactly. <laughs> be very excited more, Rachel. This is going to be good. Uh, so that was great, wasn't it? How interesting. I actually want to go and create a Pinterest ads account. Yeah. I, and just have a go. Just I, 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 Honestly, I just never thought about it. Right. I just never. I always think Google and even LinkedIn recently, because we talked to a couple of people about some really good LinkedIn stuff. I'd never even thought, oh, let's get, even find somebody about Pinterest ads. And it never was even on our chart, was it? No. It's a really great Such one. Such a so, great conversation. Really brilliant. If you've missed anything in this episode, of course, we've put all of the show notes together. Where will they find those? Those are over at blog.responsesweet.com slash 086. Thank you, Gracicle, in the officicle. Officical, there's a new one for you. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a bike you like right around the office. Or it is. The office cycle. The office cycle. <laughs> Speaking of selling this and all that sort of good stuff, if you haven't already checked out our brand new podcast, you'll find that over at the Email Marketing Show on all your favorite podcast players. We'd love you to join us over there. Subscribe, leave us a comment. It's all very sensible. It's very sensible. The thing is, it's probably slightly more sensible than this right. with funnier segment names, but with massive, massive takeaways. We think it's, we try to make it super practical and super takeawayable, which is not even a word. Takeaway cyclable. Takeaway That's the end of this show. We'll be back next week. See ya. Don't miss a thing. Miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesweet.com.